You are Locked On A's. Your daily Oakland A's podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. How's it going, A's fans, and welcome to episode 219 of the Locked On A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, noted baseball fan, Jason Burke, and on today's episode, spring games are underway, so I'm going to give you guys some of my takeaways from the first seven innings of the A's 2021 action, and then a little bit later, I'll be going over the A's pending free agents uh, following the 2021 season. So uh, again, this is a a three-segment show. We are doing uh, five days a week, three segments a day, so uh, it's a new format. Hopefully you guys enjoy it. Uh, The pending free agents will be the third segment. I got spring action from seven innings of baseball. Gave me two segments today. So uh, we're going over that for you guys. But uh, before we get into all that stuff, please follow us on social media at Locked on A's on Twitter and Instagram. I am at by Jason B on Twitter. And if you have any questions for us, please send those to locked on athletics at gmail.com. Also, today's episode is brought to you guys by Built Bar. Go to builtbar.com and use promo code locked on and you will get 20% off your next order. And so with that, let's get into the fun stuff. Baseball is back on our TVs. On Sunday, they they played baseball on TV, and it was great. Um, And it felt really nice, because sure, not all spring games are going to be televised, but there comes a time each winter when looking at old stats gets boring, whether it's for fantasy purposes or just, you know, doing a podcast every day. And uh, you want to see what's going to happen next. And so having spring games, new stats is exciting. Uh, Even if the A's only get two hits, you're like, yeah, there's a bunch that I can talk about for, you know, two segments in a show. So it's good enough for me. And it's not like they got outplayed or anything like that. It was, you know, one random home run by somebody or off of somebody who's not going to be making the team. So, you know, oh, well, it's fine. Uh, The A's had a chance. They made it interesting. It was seven innings. It wasn't a full nine. Uh, They They played for two hours. It was good enough. And even though that the A's did not win this game, I'd say that it felt pretty good afterwards as an A's fan because you got the Buddy Reed throw. You got Nick Allen showing off his defense. Dalton Jeffries' first inning on the mound was pretty good. So that leads me into some of my takeaways from this game. Uh, I'm going to get into Buddy Reed and uh, Austin Allen a little bit in the second segment. Why, you ask? Well, Buddy Reed, obviously, but uh, Austin Allen, I got some things. So, um that's what we're doing in the second half. But right now, let's just go through the game a little bit. Get in that first spring training action. And I'm starting off with Dalton Jeffries. He started the first inning for the A's on the mound. He worked a scoreless inning, striking out Mookie Betts on three pitches to begin the game. He threw a total of nine pitches in that one inning of work that he got. And he told friend of the pod, Martin Gallegos, after he was removed from the game, that he was focusing on his breathing to slow things down a little bit, keep him more centered, I assume. Um, and... After the third out was recorded, he gave himself a little bit of a fist bump, and I am here for all of this. Uh, it, it gets I, I'm very excitable today because baseball is happening, but he, he's a guy that's trying to make the big leagues, and the only time that he'd faced major league hitters in the regular season was in Texas against the Rangers last year, and they roughed him up for five runs over two innings. It was not a good outing. And after striking out a former MVP in Mookie Betts on three pitches, then getting last year's World Series MVP Corey Seager to pop up, Dalton Jeffries could have done cartwheels right in front of the Dodger dugout. Now would have been in full support of that. 
because I, I know that it's spring training, but those little steps from his start in Texas to facing two of the best hitters in baseball and proving to himself that he can succeed against big league batters, that's just awesome. Go do cartwheels, man. So Dalton Jeffries threw nine pitches. His day was done. Uh, and so that leads me to my other big takeaway from the game and arguably my favorite moment. And that was Buddy Reed's throw from right field to nab Matt Beatty, which kept the game scoreless at the time. And Buddy Reed had a chance at another outfield assist just a couple plays later on a fly ball just in front of the warning track, but the runner just made it in under the tag. He was really showing off that arm today. And one of my favorite things to watch in a baseball game is when an outfielder has a cannon, when you know he's got a cannon and you see that the runner's going to run on him. That's my favorite play in baseball, I think. Because home runs are oversaturated now. You, you get them all the time. Maybe not with this dead ball, but we will see. Um, and there's not enough, you know, opposite field hitting or, you know, moving the runners or anything like that going first or third. That doesn't happen a ton anymore. So outfield assists, that's my jam. And we've had a, a wide array of outfielders with arms uh, in Oakland the last, you know, decade or whatever. From Yoana Cespedes and his obvious uh, amazing plays. Ramon Laureano doing the same thing as Cespedes in. Uh, Anaheim. Uh, you got Buddy Reed, who's, let's see, Josh Reddick, he's had a good arm. People just stopped running on him. And then you got uh, Chris Davis and uh, Coco Chris. So they've run the gamut on outfield arms, and it, it's, a, it's a fun adventure. Anyways, I'm going to be talking about Buddy Reed a little bit here in the second segment, but uh, I want to touch on a few other guys first, run through the game a little bit more. First up, we got Elvis Andrews. Well, our first look at Elvis Andrews in an A's uniform, and I definitely said, who's that the first time that I saw him on the field? So that's going to take some getting used to. Uh, he walked in his first plate appearance and then grounded out on a check swing in the fourth inning. So uh, he got... Two at-bats looked okay on defense. Not super, but he looked okay. Uh, James Caprillion was the benefactor of Buddy Reed's throw to the plate and ended up working a scoreless second, even though he gave up a couple of hits and he had a ball on the dirt too, which I will talk about here in the second segment. Because uh, So that that's the, the tease for Austin Allen. It's not going to be fun. Anyways, um, Jordan Weems allowed a couple of hits, a walk and a run to score in the third inning. Uh, rule 5 pick Danny Jimenez. Uh, he's a pitcher for the A's now. He was a Rule 5 pick pick from the Toronto Blue Jays, just in case you're catching up and stuff. Anyways, Jimenez worked a scoreless fourth, but uh, A.J. Pollock had a chance to cream one, and he didn't. He got under a hanging breaking ball that resulted in an easy flyout, so uh, I'm going to be very interested to see how Danny Jimenez's spring goes, because obviously he's a Rule 5 pick, so if he's doing well, he has to make the team or be offered back to the Blue Jays. So uh, we'll see if he leaves some more hanging sliders or breaking balls for other guys. Um, former Yankee top prospect Domingo Acevedo worked a scoreless fifth for the A's, allowing one walk. Uh, not a lot there. They didn't have a radar gun, which really uh, not infuriates me, but it makes it harder for me, a non-scout, to do like to see what he's throwing, what what guys are coming in with and all that. Uh, they, they didn't have the stat cast stuff. So I'm kind of useless in <laughs> evaluating guys other than gut feel. So uh, Domingo Acevedo looked good, let's say. In the bottom of the fifth inning, which is the inning that Domingo Acevedo uh, pitched, uh, the A's scored their run on a Seth Brown ground out and had the bases loaded with two outs for Vimeo Machin. And this was Machin's first at-bat of spring training after coming in for Ramon Laureano, and he worked a nice at-bat laying off a couple of close pitches before lining out to Sheldon Noisy at third base. Uh, it looked like he hit it pretty decent, you know, probably like 95 miles an hour. It wasn't smoked by any means, but he... 
it, it had a nice line to it, and, you know, Sheldon Noisy, he can play some defense, and, uh, yeah, so that didn't work out for Vimey Almachin, but, again, I, I like what I see from Vimey Almachin. He has a great eye at the plate. He doesn't make super hard contact terribly often. Uh, he's not a home run hitter. He's more of a, you know, drive, or, you know, uh, guide the ball into the outfield kind of guy, and that's how he's going to get his hits, and I, I like him a lot. He can play okay defense. Uh, I just don't know that there is a place for him on the roster right now, so he's probably going to start the season in minor leagues, but uh, I, I like what I see from him on a day-to-day basis. And uh, so moving on to the rest of this game here, you got uh, Bryn Bra- Bracewell, who worked an uneventful sixth, so that was good for him. But then in the seventh and final inning, uh, the top of the seventh, that is, non-roster invitee are Henny's Angulo, that is a, he's a right-handed pitcher for the A's now. Uh, he gave up the go-ahead homer in the seventh to Matt Davidson. So uh, A's lost by that final score of two to one. And uh, they, they lost the first game of spring. Oh, well, not a big deal. Neither of the mats played, but we got to see last year's first rounder, Tyler Soderstrom, get net bat. He struck out on like four pitches. Uh, Nick Allen went out and showed that his glove can play in the big leagues right now. And Buddy Reed made a couple of really nice throws. So there was plenty to get excited about if you're an A's fan. Uh, you know, close game in spring training, whatever. It's fine. So anyways, coming up on the show, I'm going to be talk a little bit about Buddy Reed and his chances to make the team and some thoughts on Austin Allen. So stay locked in with Locked On A's and I'll be right back. Today's episode is brought to you guys by the best tasting protein bar ever. That's right. We are talking about the improved built bar, which is even more deliciouser. They have 18 amazing flavors, including nut and non-nut flavors. They got six new flavors like caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. They still have their original 12 flavors and they keep adding new flavors too. Check their website out. They got some really delicious stuff that is there for like flash sales and whatnot. So uh, I go there every day and see what I can get for a bargain. Um, yeah, they got their original 12 flavors though. They got mint brownies, salted caramel, double chocolate, orange. Uh, all of their bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They are soft and easy to chew. They are protein bars that taste like candy bars and all of their bars are built for the health conscious person. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Their bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, and great for the keto diet. So all you got to do to get your hands on some of these delicious treats is go to builtbar.com and use the promo code locked on 20. That is the number two and zero locked on 20 and you will get 20% off your next order. Use promo code locked on 20 for 20% off at builtbar.com. We're covering everything you need to know about the A's, but what about the rest of sports? Now the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well with Locked On Today. It's hosted by the great Peter Bukowski, and it's all the sports news you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get podcasts. Welcome back to the Locked On A's podcast. If you guys want A's news every day, this is the podcast for you. I'm giving you guys what you need to know in 25 or so minutes each and every day. So five days a week. (laughs) So make sure to subscribe wherever you like here in podcasts. Follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at by Jason B on Twitter. And if you have any questions for us, please send those to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. Also, I forgot to mention in the first segment that uh, A's pitching worked one strikeout on Sunday, one in seven innings, and that was Dalton Jeffries' K of Mookie Betts to lead off the game. So uh, they got the big fish, I guess, the one time. Um, I just thought that was an interesting tidbit. But anyways, moving on, as I mentioned last week, this is the first day of our new format. Our new schedule is here. We will be in your feed five days a week. 
I'm hoping for Monday through Friday. Uh, my wife is off Wednesday, Thursday, so I like to try and spend as much time as I can with her. And uh, these episodes take, you know, a couple hours a day. So uh, if, if I get one up on a Saturday and not, you know, a Thursday or a Friday, sorry. But I'm trying to plan out some stuff so I can pre-record or, you know, have it already written before uh, beforehand. So I only have to sit down and press record. Um, so hopefully Monday through Friday, but you'll get five episodes a day or five episodes a week. So don't worry. I'll try and keep you guys updated on Twitter if you guys are uh, worried about <laughs> your podcast feeds and that refreshing and stuff. Because uh, I know the feeling and it's terrifying. I'm like, wait, they, they record every Tuesday. Why isn't it out yet? I'm like, Sometimes things happen. So uh, just wanted to be upfront with you guys on that. But let's talk about the Buddy Reed show. And fair warning, if he does anything awesome, I am going to talk about it. Uh, whether or not there's video proof, if I hear, if I get a whiff of something that Buddy Reed did, I'm talking about it because uh, I, I really like Buddy Reed. I talked about him last year on the podcast when we were just, you know, a couple of months old. I was like, Buddy Reed, I like this guy. And uh, talked about him then. So. This is the Buddy Reed Show, the Buddy Reed Stan program, if you will. And if you are unfamiliar with Buddy Reed, he came over to the A's from the Padres last offseason in the Jerickson Profar trade that also landed Austin Allen in Oakland. Talking about both those guys today, it has nothing to do with the trade. It just happened. Um, anyways, Reed has not played above AA officially because there was no 2020 season, and that's where he last played in 2019. So, uh... We don't know exactly how he progressed last year, but he was at the alternate site last season with a bunch of the A's other top prospects. And uh, he told Martin Gallegos after the game that, quote, I just want to become a complete player. I want to work my butt off each day, learn from the guys ahead of me in the big leagues, and hopefully when I get my chance, not take it lightly. He also added, I'm com coming to win a job. And uh, end quote, great work by Martin Gallegos on that. But really, I love everything about this. It, honestly, I love everything that he just said. I'm coming to win a job. He's like, I'll get into the depth chart here in a sec, but he's like 10th on this depth, ch depth chart of guys that he has to climb over. And he's like, I'm coming to win a job. I'm like, I love that mentality. Get it, buddy, Reed. And then he goes out here and he throws, you know, fucking bombs from the outfield. Love it. Um, he could be a defensive replacement or a pinch hitter in the majors right now, but his bat has been a little bit behind, at least as far as we know. He hit uh, in 2019 in AA, he hit 228 with a 310 on base percentage. And those aren't great numbers in G like even in the majors. If he was doing that in the majors, you're like, eh, maybe he could do better. Um, but that was in AA. So I think that he has got a little bit of work to do there. But if he's putting in the work, and he can become like Byron Buxton at the plate, then I think that he's got a path to, to playing time over here. And that's what we're going to talk about. Because after the game, my dad texted me and he was like, does Buddy Reed have a chance to make the team? And my inclination is to say no, because he's behind so many outfielders that seem ready for their big league chance. And if you write them down, you got Ramon Laureano, uh, Mark Canna, Stephen Piscotty, and then there's Kai Tom as, you know, the rule, the other rule five pick for the A's. And he's the likely fourth outfielder. He's a lefty bat. You got to love that. Uh, Buddy Reed, bats from both sides. So uh, tidbit. <laughs> and then behind those four guys, you got uh, Seth Brown, Sky Bolt, Luis Barrera, and Greg Diekman. That's another four. And then after that, you got Buddy Reed and Cody Thomas as the nine and 10 ranked outfielders, according to my rough math. So that's bad news if you're a Buddy Reed stand like myself or Buddy Reed himself. And obviously there are injuries that can pop up to increase his playing time. Like Kai Tom is dealing with an oblique injury right now. So if that's keeping him out for a little bit of time for, uh, you know, a few games or a couple of weeks or something like that, then maybe Buddy Reed gets a little bit more playing time. Maybe he can start to prove himself working his way into more playing time. But 
I, I don't know that there is going to be enough playing time to surpass four guys in camp. Uh, granted, are they super far ahead of him? Not necessarily. They have waivers and stuff to deal with, and he's uh, you know still Rule 5 eligible, so he'd have to get added to the 40-man roster, but there's ways to work around that. I said that you know somebody like Skybolt could be a trade candidate later in the season because the A's have, as I just listed, a bunch of guys that are ready for an opportunity. So maybe they want to clear up some of that space on the minor league roster because they have a bunch of guys... Just real quick, you got Seth Brown, he has two options. Sky Bolt has one option. Luis Barrera has one option. Greg Diekman has three. So you got a couple of guys that are, you know, getting towards the end there, and they're going to have to make the team at some point because you can't keep them in AAA forever. That's just mean. I mean, you can. It's just mean. Um, so they're going to have to clear up some space at some point. Maybe that helps Buddy read out and, uh, you know, gets him to face tougher competition. Because um, I think that might be kind of what he needs after not facing somebody from an opposing team last year. So Buddy Reed making the team out of spring training isn't necessarily likely, but I could see him being one of those guys that gets a look a little bit later in the season as a defensive replacement or a pinch runner and, uh, you know, maybe pay some dividends in the playoffs with, you know, a limited role like you've seen straight up pinch runners for like the Royals do. Terrence Gore comes to mind. He's one of the A's fastest minor leaguers, and he's already shown us that he has a cannon. So you can use him in those regards just fine right now. And uh, I feel pretty good about that. I just don't know that his path to the show is as a regular just yet. I think that he has to improve with the bat. But let's see how camp goes and uh, see how he performs at the plate. And maybe we can uh, squeeze him in somehow. But moving on to the Austin Allen part of this podcast here. And I said last week that the backup catcher battle between uh, Allen and Aramis Garcia will likely come down to their rapport with at least one pitcher on the staff. I know it's still extremely early because we are seven innings into spring training and he played five of them. But uh, let's form some hard opinions, shall we? <laughs> um, at the plate, Austin Allen went over two with a three pitch strikeout and then grounded into a double play. Again, it's the first game. Don't get too worked up about that. And pitchers are ahead of hitters and all that jazz. So nothing really conclusive to draw upon. Uh, I'm not super concerned about a player's first two at bats during spring training. But there were a couple of things that did catch my eye when it came to Austin Allen. The first one was the ball in the dirt and the second that got away from him in order uh, to advance the runner. It looked like it hit him in the glove or maybe he just missed it and it, you know, ricocheted into the field of play a little bit towards the pitcher. And, uh, you know, Buddy Reed wound up throwing the runner out at uh, home plate anyway. So that didn't actually come into play. But defensively, I was like, eh, maybe he's not uh, as good as RMS Garcia, who just had a nice little write-up by Alex Coffee in The Athletic. Uh, go, go read that. It talks about how he's learned his receiving skills from Yasmany Grundahl, who's one of the best receivers in baseball. He's good at stealing strikes and whatnot. So that could be uh, a thing that differentiates him from Austin Allen as well. So in my head, he kind of has an uptick just because of that article that was written. But uh, back to Austin Allen over here. In the fourth inning with Danny Jimenez on the mound, they kept circling through signs and Jimenez ended up stepping off of the mound, getting the pitch that he wanted and then getting the out. So it looked like Danny Jimenez had a plan of attack and him and Austin Allen were not on the same page. And I, I'm not saying that Austin Allen is now way behind Aramis Garcia uh, after playing five innings. And I know that Danny Jimenez is a newcomer to the organization and a rule five pick. So I know that there's not a lot of time to be able to communicate with the pitchers that are on the staff. And I know that spring training is the time to work out those kinks, but I'm definitely going to be looking at how he interacts with, you know, your Sean Manias and your Jesus Luzardos and guys that you know will be making the club. If he has a good rapport with those guys, no big deal. But if this is just a sign of things that could happen, then I think that 
then maybe he does take a step back with Armas Garcia. It's been five innings. Nothing to draw hard conclusions over, but it's something to keep an eye out for. Uh, I don't think that it's a big issue or anything like that. I'm just saying, if you're interested in the backup catcher battle, this these are things that I'm looking for in making you know my own informed decision. So if you want to play along at home, look for some of these things, and then you might uh, ha- have an idea of who's going to be the backup catcher in Oakland. But that's all I got from the first day of spring training games. It was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed the seven inning uh, where they can choose how many innings they wanted to play. I think the first couple of weeks they can do five or seven. They chose seven. It was nice. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, Maybe we need pitch clocks because two hour games are amazing. (laughs) Um, Anyways, uh, I got one more segment coming up for you. I was almost going to sign off. We have one more segment, you guys. So coming up on the show, I'm going to go over the A's free agents at the end of the season. So stay locked in with Locked On A's and I'll be right back. Today's episode is also brought to you guys by betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Football may be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. It's award season, you guys. They have odds on all of those. Uh, who's going to win Best Picture? I don't know that I watched any new movies. And let's say Tenant. Is Tenant going to win? Do you like Tenant? Place a bet at betonline.ag. Is it up for an award? I don't know. I'm bad at award shows. Also, I don't tend to like the movies that are nominated. But back to Bet Online. They've got you covered for all the new scores and odds. It's the best place to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to go to betonline.ag and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use code LOCKEDON. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Join Walking Baseball Encyclopedia Paul Francis Sullivan, please call him Sully, every day on Locked On MLB for a unique look at the majors, both present and past. He does a good job with that stuff. He is a Walking Baseball Encyclopedia, but back to the copy. Featuring exciting guest interviews like me, uh, routine check-ins from Locked On MLB's network of local experts, I already said my name, uh, and insightful analysis of the day's biggest stories, Locked On MLB is the single best source for daily baseball talk. Subscribe wherever you get podcasts, that's Locked On MLB, and uh, all that stuff. But anyways, back to my show, welcome back to the Locked On A's podcast, and this is a special segment three. I'll probably have to come up with a new lead-in because I don't want to keep saying welcome back to the Locked On A's podcast. I feel like that would be boring for you. Uh, So that's my new intro is, hey, (laughs) follow us on social media, Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at by Jason B on Twitter. Email us, LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. You can do it for whatever, questions, comments, concerns, question mark. (laughs) Anyways, so the one thing that I personally like to do before the season starts is get a sense of which players are pending free agents uh, for the A's. In general, yeah, I know that the shortstops are coming up for 2022, but in general for the A's, I like to know who's a free agent, who's got one year left to control, who's coming up on the docket and all that stuff. So I wanted to do that real quick to end today's show because it's spring training officially. So why not end on a depressing note? (laughs) Um, obviously the A's made a bunch of moves to improve their club and give them a decent shot in 2021. The downside here is that a lot of those additions that were made for the A's were on one year deals. So guys like Trevor Rosenthal, Mitch Moreland, Sergio Romo, Yusmero Petit, Jet Lowry, and Mike Fires are all going to be on the market again in a year. So, or in less than a year. Um, so 
those guys will all probably be on the free agent market. Not sure if they're going to resign with the A's. And then you got guys like Jake Diekman, who has a $4 million team option, which in a perfect world would be an easy call, but we are dealing with the A's. So if he's not with the club, it's because they traded him, not because they declined the option. It's maybe they're going in a different direction. I've been saying for a while, we may not have Matt Chapman pass next off season for a slew of reasons. But uh, if the A's are, you know, going for a teardown, you could see Jake Diekman easily being another uh, trade piece to consider if you're an A's fan. Uh, and I'll get into that stuff as the offseason approaches or if the A's stink, uh, which I, I am not expecting. But if the A's stink, then they're obviously going to start trading guys too. But uh, there is one guy that's going to be free agent that I think that a lot of people have probably overlooked, and that's Mark Canna. Mark Canna will hit the market at the end of this season, as well as all those other, all of those other you know one-year signings. And Mark Canna has been well above average at the plate the last three seasons. And if he adds a fourth season to that total in 2021, then he's going to get a pretty modest payday. He's not going to be getting like Bryce Harper or Fernando Tatis or Mike Trout money or anything like that. But uh, there, there's a guy that I came up with later here uh, who. Seems like a pretty decent comp for him, and uh, we'll see if the A's would be able to afford that, and they're, they could afford it. They're just not going to, so he's probably going to walk is what I'm going to go with. He is currently entering his age 32 season, so by then, uh, by the time you know spring training rolls around next year, he'll be going into his age 33 season and up. Uh, if he signs a multi-year deal, which will limit the ceiling on any deal that he'd be, you know, able to sign because he's not going to be getting, you know, 10-year contract offers. He might get a three-year deal if he's lucky because we got the CBA coming up next year and front offices don't give out long-term contracts to guys. Jackie Bradley Jr., he, I'm sure he's a defense first guy, but uh, he's still on the market and he's decent. So, uh, yeah, guys that are looking for super long deals, not going to get it done unless they take, you know, two, maybe three years. So a lot of us have been working under the assumption that the 2022 season will have the universal DH after the labor negotiations of next winter. Uh, if there is a season that is, uh, cause they're going to be contentious. It'll be a lot of fun, but we're assuming that when baseball comes back, uh, in some form after this coming season, there will be a universal DH moving forward. And so that should help widen Mark Canna's potential matches in free agency and also guard against teams that don't know about his defense holding up as he ages. He's been a league average outfielder, but is he going to be able to, you know, get to balls as much, uh, question mark. I, I don't know. Teams do these things. Anyways, currently I project him to get a deal for roughly a couple of years and eight to $12 million per season, but that could change depending on how the 2021 season goes. And right now he stacks up offensively with Michael Brantley, who the Astros just resigned this off season for two years and $32 million. And he's actually slight, like 1% better than Michael Brantley. But that two years and $32 million that Brantley got is because he's the name brand. He's basically Mark Canna with fewer strikeouts. Uh, Brantley has a top three MVP finish, a silver slugger, and four all-star appearances. And Canna has nothing like that. He has not been an all-star. He has no things in his column for awards on his baseball reference page. And that is despite Michael Brantley's near MVP season being roughly equal to Mark Canna's 2019, according to OPS+. Uh, Brantley finished two points higher, but they were pretty close. And uh, Brantley hit two, uh, sorry, Brantley hit 327 to Canna's 273, but Mark Canna was on base at a 396 clip compared to Michael Brantley's 385. So if you're just comparing apples to apples, obviously uh, they're fairly similar, even at their best. And that trend 
over the last three seasons has also continued a little bit. You got Brantley over the last three seasons hitting 309 with an on base of 368, but Mark Canna has an on base of 370 while hitting just 259. So he's gotten on base more often, but his batting average has not been there, and that's why he doesn't get some of the acclaim that Michael Brantley does. And their home run totals have been pretty similar. You got Mark Canna with 48 and Michael Brantley with 44. So on paper, Mark Hanna should be looking at a similar deal, but without the accolades and him having played his entire big league career in Oakland, that probably is going to end up hurting him when he goes to cash in. A team like the Braves might be interested, but uh, signing Mark Hanna might not be a big deal for selling tickets, so why would they pay him more, even though he'd be just as good on the field uh, according to his track record. So uh, either way, I don't think that the A's are going to bring him back even at a diminished price, even if it's that 8 to $12 million per year. I don't think that the A's are going to be in that market unless John Fisher got super guilted into uh, re-signing him because fans were pissed about Marcus Simeon not coming back. But I don't think that that's going to happen. Um, anyways, with all of those free agents pending and the Mats entering their second year of arbitration, it just feels like instead of filling all of their holes with one-year deals, ownership may decide to cut costs and just start the next rebuild. Um, whether the A's are rebuilding or not, I'm going to be very interested to see how Mark Canada does in 2021 and how much of a payday he ends up getting next winter. Obviously, we're going to have to include his 2021 stats as well, but if he keeps up at the same pace, he should be getting a deal like Michael Brantley. I don't know that he will get a deal like that. And also, there's going to be all of that CBS BS to deal with. So teams are going to want to spend money because the CBA and will there be a season, even though they could just make a season happen if they wanted to. So there's going to be a lot of other variables there, but on paper, he should be getting at least two and 32. So uh, that's it for today. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed the new three segment format. Tomorrow, I'm going to be talking about more spring baseball and a potential flaw that I may have found in the A's bats. Then on Wednesday, I'm talking with Brent McGuire of Locked On Angels, doing a quick recap of each team's offseason and the 2021 outlook for each team. I know that we did something similar a few weeks ago, but uh, things have changed on the A's front at the very least. I don't know if they have for the Angels. So uh, that's what we got coming up for you guys the next couple of days. But that is it for me today, you guys. So until next time, stay indoors and celebrate good times, Oakland. Keep wearing those masks, and I will talk with you guys tomorrow. Tomorrow.